Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. I pray always. Do I look distracted? It's because I'm trying to look up for you um, the message from the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, that speaks of uh, Cardinal Burke, that gives us an update on Cardinal Burke. There is so many, uh, there are so many um, stories going around um, let me just see, Our Lady of Cardinal Burke, that he hasn't received medication, that he's not being permitted, all in negative light. Um, and um, Father Paul Check, uh, who is the director, magnificent, wonderful priest, who is the director of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, Guadalupe, that. Um, uh, that Cardinal Burke founded, um, uh, wrote a note. Now, why can I not find that note um, on Cardinal Burke? I'm so sorry. I should have found, found this in time for the program to begin, and I did not. Um, okay. Well, at the moment, I need to read that, but um, at the moment, um, let's see, visit, give, menu... Um, here about Cardinal Burke. We've got it. Hold on a moment. Many of you um, have been to the shrine. I know I've met some of you at the shrine. I've spoken there a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> and um, let me see now. I don't know where they have that uh, update here. Um, I'm so sorry. Hold on a second. No, nope, I'm not going to find it. I'll look for it during the... I'll look for it during the... Um, um, during the break. I know I'm being distracting. I'm so sorry. Okay, but still pray for Cardinal Burke. He's in serious condition. Later, he uh, contracted a serious case of pneumonia, and uh, his life was uh, sort of hanging in the balance there. And um, we have been praying for him morning and night, nonstop, as I know you have. all right, Card. Let me just see if there's a note on his own website on his update. I'm sorry, I'm doing this while we're on the air, dear one. Um, but um, I don't, I don't see the upside. I don't see the update uh, automatically for some reason. So, uh, God bless you. We're just going to go um, and look for it during the break. I keep saying that to you. Um, I don't, I didn't have an update on him this morning, uh, which is why I was hoping to find this. Um, how are you, dear ones? How are you doing? I'm hearing of other people uh, contracting COVID as well. And again, Cardinal Burke, he has all kinds of negative articles out here, people attacking him because he was against the vaccine and all that. He's still against the vaccine. Does someone have to die that I might live? And in its experimental vaccine, it's killing thousands, maiming others. 
um, it doesn't say that we won't get COVID. He's not, he's not saying COVID was ever false. It's just that the vaccine, um, and as Hillary Clinton once said, and others have copied, um, let's not waste a good crisis. They saw it. The evil of our nation and the world has seen this as a means to control the world. And uh, we cannot let buy into that. We cannot buy into fear. We cannot buy into that. And so we don't. Um, let me just see one more thing here. Um, okay, no, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, okay, no, I won't. I'll, I'll, there's an article on um, LifeSite News that... Um, um, as we continue to pray for Cardinal Burke's recovery, um, LifeSite article that um, uh, by John Henry Weston, the co-founder of, of LifeSite and a very wonderful friend of ours. Um, he says, as we pray for the recovery of Cardinal Burke, I wanted to share these personal reflections since I've had a gr- the great grace to know Cardinal Raymond for over a decade. <clears throat> and I think many of you know that he is the one who invited me to found this community, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, at the beginning of 2008, 2008. He's very special to us. Um, John Henry Weston writes, he is a gentle soul, and you know, whoever has met Cardinal Burke anywhere in the world has called me and told me what a gentle, delicate, tender, loving soul he is. The lion of orthodoxy. He's a gentle soul. He is a highly intelligent yet humble, John Henry writes, quiet yet determined, very prudent and kind, generous and totally orthodox. Most of all, he is a lover of Jesus Christ and committed to Christ's church. He gave up having his own family to serve as a priest and then, thanks to his great gifts from God, which he honed to better serve the Lord, he rose through the ranks of the hierarchy. And even after reaching the heights of the cardinal, uh, cardinalate, I know I'm not saying that correctly, being appointed by Pope Benedict XVI as the head of the highest court in the church, a position akin to the chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, he was ready to give it all up in order to be faithful to Christ and his truth. And indeed, he was called to make that sacrifice for standing up when pressures were most intense. At first... Pope Francis removed Cardinal Burke from his position as a member of the Congregation for Bishops, where he had been able to exert considerable on the bishops' appointments worldwide. And then, in November of 2014, Pope Francis summarily dismissed Cardinal Burke from his position as head of the Vatican's Hospital Cardinal Burke went from the highest-ranking American in Vatican to serving as patron of the Order of the Knights of Malta, a largely ceremonial position. The move was so stark, even left-wing Vatican experts, including Crutches, the, the magazine Crutches, uh, John Allen, and Catholic News Service Francis Rocha reported at the time that it was rare for a cardinal in such a high position at the Vatican to be removed without being assigned similar responsibilities. Cardinal Burke was in 
treated in a fashion in modern church history, even for those who had gravely offended their duty. But nevertheless, Cardinal Burr continued in good spirits without ever expressing anger or resentment at the total, totally unjust and scandal in which he was treated. He followed St. Paul's admonition to Bishop Timothy, as recorded in the Holy Bible, to speak the truth in season and out of season, even when that meant it would cost him dearly. Cardinal Burke, John Henley, uh, Western continues, Cardinal Burke was a total hero for defenders of life and family in the English-speaking world. He was the most outspoken prelate, prelate on the topic in the church. <clears throat> he had the courage to speak out to defend the holiness of communion from the highest-ranking identified Catholic politicians in America, including former Vice President John Kerry, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden. But the good cardinal voiced his concerns and admonition that these nominal Catholics be denied Holy Communion out of concern for them, beloved, uh, my comment, for their souls, a good holy prelate has concerns of those who are in grave, grave sin. Um, something many other bishops failed to do. And so, um, and he, uh, so the great good cardinal voiced his concerns and admonition that these nominal Catholics be denied Holy Communion out of concern for them, not out of any kind of hatred or animosity. He told himself, why add to their sins, the sins of sacrilege? Cardinal Burke was gracious with his time as he gave many interviews to LifeSite over the years. And when LifeSite launched our Rome Life Forum, an annual meeting with life and family leaders in Rome, Cardinal Burke was there to speak and did so each year since then. When LifeSite, as part of the Voice of the Family, launched a youth conference in Rome, Cardinal Burke also made himself available each year. And I can say that we here, I was with them in Rome. Um, Sister Gertrude Marie and I went over to Rome, and we also addressed the youth, and were there with Cardinal Burke. To be able to ask, and let me just say what a great grace it was for the young people to meet his eminence, to be able to ask him questions directly and to receive his blessing. He took time to meet with them individually and took to heart their concerns and was also buoyed himself by their prayers, well wishes, and true brotherly love. John Henry continues, Moreover, the love and admiration was mutual. He expressed his solidarity with the Rome Life Forum Conference participants, praising them for their commitment, his quote, commitment to safeguard and promote the inviolable dignity of innocent and defenseless human life and the integrity of its cradle in marriage and the family, end quote from Cardinal Burke. We just have a little more of John Henry Weston's article to read, and we'll do that when we come back from the break. Beloved, and as always, at the second break, we'll take your calls, your emails, and your text. Uh, Toll-free number. Toll-free number to call in is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are in the middle of an, a beautiful article by John Henry Weston, co-founder of LifeSite News, who has known Cardinal Burke for many years. Um, Cardinal Burke, um, uh, one of the beautiful engineers, James, of uh, Station of the Cross, found the article I was looking for on the update of Cardinal Raymond Burke. Let me just finish what we're uh, Reading here from John Henry Weston and his experience with Cardinal Burke. Um, he's speaking at the time when Cardinal Burke went to speak with the youth at the World Life Forum in Rome. And he says he ended his talk by saying, quote, In the context of the Rome Life Forum, I close by expressing my deep appreciation for the martyrdom which so many of you embrace for the sake of the defense of human life and its cradle in the conjugal union of husband and wife. We embrace indifference, ridicule, rejection, and other forms of persecution because we love our Lord and all our brothers and sisters in him, in his holy church. End quote from Cardinal Burke. John Henry continues, but here is my favorite recollection of Cardinal Burke. It involves the church's difficult teaching on homosexuality, which he has always spoken uh, without fear of reprisal, but also with great charity. The bishop in Wisconsin, Wisconsin 
Then Bishop Burke had a local Catholic who left the church to pursue a homosexual lifestyle. Beloved, I know this story myself, and it is one of the most beautiful I've ever come across. In 1995, Eric Hess boxed up his crucifixes and Bible and dropped them off at Burke's office, renouncing his Catholic faith and embracing same-sex relationships. Um, Bishop Burke was then the Bishop of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Bishop Burke told Hess that he respected his decision but would pray for his return to the faith and would be ready to welcome him back should he come home. Hess, who was a homosexual activist, resented Bishop Burke's outreach and threatened to arrest should Bishop Burke contact him again. <clears throat> Three years later, Hess returned to the faith. He called to let Cardinal Burke know of his conversion, and the Cardinal asked to see him in person. When he arrived, the Cardinal received him with great joy and asked if he recalled the box with his Bible and crucifixes he had left. Believe it or not, the Cardinal still had Eric's box of Catholic items, which he had kept, believing Hess would come back to Christ and his church. And here are the words of Eric Hess reflecting on Cardinal Burke. Quote, While some malign Archbishop Burke for his fidelity to God, church, and all souls, that he is a true shepherd of the faithful, and a present-day Athanasius. I tell you that he remains a mentor and an inspiration to me. Although my own biological father rejected Archbishop Burke became my spiritual father by lovingly representing our Father in heaven. I've read that before. I have chills all over again. John Henry Weston says that is Colonel Burke, a true pastor, a spiritual father, willing to tell the truth even when it hurts, and always ready to receive the prodigal son with joy, love, forgiveness, and blessings. As for my part, John Henry, certainly be grateful for the time that I was permitted to spend personally with Cardinal Burke. He is a lover of Christ like few others. He has been as his master, as his own master who is Christ, a sign of contradiction. He is a saintly shining example of the love and service of our Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of a fallen world. May God bless you, Cardinal Burke. We have been praying for you daily at LifeSite for years, and we will continue to do so. Very, very beautiful, beloved. Now, thanks to our dear James at the Station of the Cross, I can, I can read you, God, uh, time permitting, I think it will, um, Doctor, uh, rather Father Paul Achek's update. He is the director of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, founded by. Um, hold on one moment. Okay, founded by Cardinal Burke, Reverend Paul Check, executive director of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, writes this. <clears throat> it was August seventeenth, so it's uh, two days ago. And a quote on top he leaves is from the Gospel of John. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. <clears throat> Father Check writes, The outpouring of love, prayers, and support during his eminence's hospitalization has greatly consoled his family, edified those who serve him, 
at the shrine and elsewhere and testified to the character and virtue of the man whom so many consider a spiritual father. We deeply and abundantly appreciate his charity, and we give praise and thanks to our Heavenly Father, especially for the brilliant and faithful service of Cardinal Burke to the church he loves so profoundly. As of August 17th, his eminence remains in serious, and it seems the same this morning, his eminence remains in serious but stable condition. His family, who with a team of doctors, is responsible for all medical decisions, while the cardinal remains sedated and on a medical ventilator, has great confidence in the care he is receiving. The cardinal has received the sacraments from priests nearby to him. There are several relics in his room. Now, this already has contradicted many of the rumors that have gone around. While the Cardinal's family appreciates the good intentions of those who have suggested treatments, consultations, etc., they ask that people refrain from sending anything further. They also ask that you not contact them or members of the Shrine staff or the Cardinal's residence in Rome to discuss his condition. Texts, phone calls, and emails, while certainly solicitous and often gracious, can inadvertently become a burden. The family does not plan to disclose his eminence's location to avoid the obvious difficulties that might cause. To provide a secure source for updates about the Cardinal's health, The family has asked that the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, in addition to the Cardinal's personal media, be the only authorized platforms for accurate, timely information. Other reports may be incomplete or false, so may unnecessarily disturb the minds and hearts of those devoted to his eminence. The Cardinal's family has also requested requested that only updates of significant changes in his eminence's condition be posted on the authorized platforms. In humility, we understand that it is not for us to know every detail of the cardinal's treatment. His family realizes that the cardinal belongs to the church. They also ask that we respect his privacy. The period of hospitalization and for now, because of the COVID virus, may be prolonged as his eminence's body fights the infection and recovers strength. For the time being, the sedation assists his own peace and rest. Nothing falls outside of God's providence. Nothing falls outside of the reach of his grace. These are spiritual truths we know, and that the Cardinal has taught us by his own example of fidelity in trust and surrender to the good God. Confidence in these truths opens us to the peace the world cannot give or take. Were he able to speak with us now, he would tell us, he would tell what he has always taught us, and that our Father in heaven is good, merciful, just, provident, and sovereign, that we are children, and that he will never leave us orphans, that we should not be afraid of the cross as the way to eternal life that the sacraments are the most direct channels of grace, and that we do the soul the greatest good by receiving Holy Communion, often and by going to confession regularly, that we should say our daily prayers, and that we should love one another as Jesus Christ has loved us, 
even to the point of heroic sacrifice. And one more thing so important and so dear to his eminence that we should pray the rosary frequently and fervently and so place ourselves under the mantle of Our Lady, confident in her maternal love and intercession. Please continue your prayers for Cardinal Burke and for his family, particularly at the Holy Mass and in the praying of the rosary. We are filled with gratitude for the abundance of prayers and love for this faithful son and servant of the Church. God bless you, Reverend Paul Check, Executive Director, Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. There you are, beloved. Um, it's a very, very, very beautiful note from Father Check, um, heading the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and it's certainly a beautiful word from John Henry Weston. And I think both those hearts speak for millions around the world who love Cardinal Burke, who count on his prayers, who count on his orthodoxy, on his courage, on his fearlessness. Um, um, I will tell you that um, when we got to St. Louis at Cardinal Burke's invitation in 2008, there are people in those, that diocese that wanted to put us out before we even got established. Um, even because of the name of our community, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, they came to the Cardinal and asked us out, and um, specifically the Jewish community. Uh, I've never announced that before, but I'll tell you now. And the Cardinal wouldn't budge. He said, no, no, no. When she's not coming to uh, proselytize you or evangelize you, she's coming to help the restoration of the family, and it's for Catholics. They didn't believe him, and they vouched to get me out with a future car- archbishop, and they succeeded, tragically. Um, uh, St. Louis, um, and then we were put out of Tulsa, so we've got a consistent record here of being put out of Tulsa so far, and we pray that um, God's hand uh, and will would be done through uh, Bishop Gerald Vickie a very holy, wonderful bishop who invited us here to the Diocese of Salina. I ask you all to pray for Bishop Vinke. Soon after he became Bishop of Salina, um, he was asked by Rome to take also over the administration of the Diocese of Kansas, Dodge City. And so um, he has his hands full. He has his hands full. Um, His focus is wonderful. He's holy. He's orthodox. And... um, He's a shepherd. He's absolutely a shepherd. And we ask your prayers for Bishop Finke here at the Diocese of Salina, that God's will for uh, him and for his being bishop and for our future life in this diocese uh, would be done. God's will, and we want nothing other, nothing more, nothing less. So God bless you. We will be back right after the break for your calls, your emails, and your texts. The toll-free number one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ himself, together with his body, addresses to the Father, and that its purpose is to sanctify each day and the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened. We are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. This is our half hour together. And um, I'm thrilled to be with you, and our lines are wide open. I invite you to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a text from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Mother Miriam, I am a Jew by birth and a Catholic by belief. What is required? Which means you're the greatest Jew a Jew could be. A Jewish person cannot be more Jewish than to be Catholic because we believe in the Jewish Messiah who came through the Jews, for the Jews, and for the entire world and established his church as the ark of our salvation, the Catholic Church. So he says, I'm a Jew or she by birth and a Catholic by belief. What is required for a congregation to be designated Hebrew Catholic? And by the way, whoever wrote this is a Hebrew Catholic. Um, And what are the requirements for performing Hebrew Catholic Mass? You've asked the million-dollar question, and it it should not be complicated at all. The first Mass was a Hebrew Catholic Mass. That's all that our Lord and the Apostles celebrated. They were all Jews, every one of them, and and Catholic. And so uh, the first Mass was Hebrew Catholic. 
I'm going to suggest I don't have the uh, full. I don't have the answer to that. I can tell you what I know, but the the one who does know that is my own brother David Moss, who is the president of the Association of Hebrew Catholics out of St. Louis, Missouri. And if you go, my brother has been looking into a Hebrew Catholic mass at, uh, in the church and all of that for many years. And they have much information on it. So go to HebrewCatholic.net, the website for the Association of Hebrew Catholics. If you look on that that website, you'll see an ocean of information on Jewish people who have become Catholic, believing it's not the rejection of their Judaism, but indeed it's fulfillment, doctrinal, theological books, sources, everything. And you'll find their contact number, um... Uh, as well. Um, so you can call them and you can email them and um, get a hold of my brother David and uh, tell him I sent you if you wish and um, and he'll be able to take you further and he'll love you for that question. Okay, HebrewCatholic.net. We have a text from Peter who says, what does the term doctor of the church mean? Doctor of the church. We have, I think, now 33 Maybe it one snuck in that I'm not aware of. 33 doctors of the church. What does that term mean, and where did it come from? Um, doc, to be a doctor is um, a doctor of philosophy. A, a doctor in any discipline is to be an authorized teacher of that discipline. And so... Um, um, let me just see. There's a wonderful article. I'm not going to read through it on Catholic.com that says uh, many people known as doctors because they are recognized as authorities, uh, as uh, scholars, as um, authoritative on that subject. Um, an article in Catholic Answers says doctor as an academic title dates from the founding of the medieval universities. Before these were regularly organized, any teacher who gathered about him a number of students was a doctor, a dominus or magister. During the first half of the 12th century, the title doctor acquired a more specific significance, though it still implied personal excellence rather than an official position. Um, I don't want to go through this whole article. Let me just see if um, um, <clears throat> if there's a, a quick summary. Um, but again, we have various doctors. I think St. Therese of Lisieux may have been the last designated doctor of the church. I may be wrong. But again, it doesn't have to do on a, a university degree. It has to do with very specific, recognized, outstanding, and orthodox teaching. The um, <clears throat> significance of doctorate lay in the fact that it authorized the recipient to teach everywhere without undergoing further examination. So that sort of title, they didn't have to prove anything. It was already proved because they had the title of doctor. Um, the influence of the Holy See in regard to the doctrine theology has been exerted in various ways by authorizing universities to confer the degree, by prescribing through papal legates the conditions for obtaining it, by correcting abuses, and so forth. Um, the power of creating doctors of the church, of theology, of our, of our Lord's family on earth, belongs to the Pope. 
but he may and often does delegate it to universities, seminaries, and other institutions of learning. Um, okay, let me just see. It goes on to the Council of Trent. Um, all right, and so it, it's a very quite long article. If you go on to catholic.com and you look at, and you just type in their search engine doctor, uh, you will come up with, with all of this. Um, and they give you all the doctors and their names uh, and their degrees, uh, a tremendous amount of information. However, basically, it means that they are an authorized teacher um, by the church. They have been declared a doctor, an authority, uh, well-studied, well-trusted, well-recognized. We have a text from someone who writes, another says, do you know where the term... Aspergillum, aspergillum originated. How did the device become the standard for, oh, aspergillum, aspergillum originated? How did the device become the standard for sprinkling holy water during Mass? That's a very good question. And I'll tell you what, dear one, I need to go to Catholic Answers also for the, for the, um, for the answer to that. You see, I'm not so smart. Um, we don't need to know all the answers. We just need to know where to get the answers. That's it. Uh, many of your children are going to ask you um, different questions, and you're going to say, you know, sweetheart, I don't know. Why don't we um, go, uh, why don't we go to the dictionary and look it up? And so I just looked up Aspergillum um, uh, at catholic.com and got the encyclopedia definition, which means blessing or praise. Um uh, and so when we sprinkle blessing in its widest acceptance, this word has a variety of meanings in the sacred writings. It is taken in a sense that is synonymous with praise. Thus the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be always in my mouth. Um, it used to express a wish or desire and so forth. Um, King David says, blessed art thou and it shall be well with thee. Uh, many things. It goes right back to antiquity. The custom of giving blessings goes back to the very earliest times in the morning of creation. On the completion of each day's work, God blessed the living creatures that came from his hands and so forth. Um, A minister, um, blessings in the sense in which they are being considered are entirely of ecclesiastical institution. The church has the power to determine who shall have the right and duty to confer them. This she has done by entrusting their administration to those who are in sacerdotal orders. Do you hear that? Sacerdotal means priestly. I see lay people coming up for communion in the hand, which is a degradation, and also receiving a blessing from those lay people who have no power or right given them to bless anybody. They may not. Only a priest may give that blessing. Um... And um, parents can give the blessing to their children, but not conferring it on them as a priest will from a distance. You can bless your children directly on the forehead as or one another. You can give each other a blessing, but you can't do that. Bless you. You're not a priest. You cannot send a blessing. Um, um, <clears throat> the solitary case of which one inferior to a priest 
the solitary case in which one inferior to a priest is empowered to bless is where the deacon blesses the paschal candle in the ceremonies of Holy Saturday. This exception is more apparent than real. For referred to the deacon, um, for in the instance referred to the deacon acts by the way of a deputy, and moreover employs the grains of incense already blessed by the celebrant. Priests then are the ordinary ministers of blessings, and this is only in the fitness of things, since they are ordained, as in the words of the particular. A pontifical run that says that whatever they bless may be blessed, whatever they consecrate be consecrated. So I'll leave it at that. The very wonderful article at Catholic.com. And I appreciate your asking this because I myself would not have had the answer. And we need to know as we look at these things, we look more deeply into our faith, what is the ministerial um, uh, duties of a priest and what is not the ministerial uh, duties, privilege, or acts of a lay person. They may not imitate a person. Um, we have an email from Connie who says, is it morally incorrect for someone to pray the rosary during, is it morally incorrect for someone to pray the rosary during Mass? Is this something that would be considered as an interruption to the holy sacrifice? Thank you and God bless, Connie. Connie, uh, it's not easy for me to answer that question because I know that many people do pray the rosary during the Mass. I do think it's inappropriate. Um, I think it would be an interruption to those around you because it is the, the Mass is the greatest prayer of the Church. And to not enter into the prayers of the Mass and the sacrifice of Calvary, I think is a great distraction for you and for those around you. Um, is it morally incorrect? Whether it's a sin or not, I cannot tell you. I, I doubt it's a sin, but I do not think it's correct for us to be praying the rosary during Mass. Um, we need to learn what the Mass is. And we enter into the sacrifice on Calvary, not, re, not re-sacrificed, but represented, made present on every altar of every Catholic Church through the hands and the, and the mouth of the priest. And I think if we go to Mass and pray the Rosary during the Mass, I'm not saying we're sinning, but we're not entering into the sacrifice of Christ in the way God has given us to. So I would say that it's not something I would ever encourage anybody to do. We have an email from Henry that says, Mother Miriam, at what point in church history was the differentiation made between priests and deacons What made the church come up with the idea of holy men who can still marry and have children? Did you find it surprising that most men don't just take the alternative route and become a deacon rather than becoming a priest and devoting their entire life to God? Do I find that surprising that most men don't just take the alternative route and become a deacon rather than becoming a priest? and devoting their entire life to God. So you're saying that men who become deacons marry. That's what I'm guessing, because the diaconate, of course, is the first stage of the priesthood. Um, You become a deacon in the following year, you're ordained a priest. So I'm guessing that you are talking about men who marry children. 
didn't wish to become deacons. No, it's not surprising to me at all. Marriage is the norm. No one has to be called to marriage. Everyone is called to marriage. God said, be, be fruitful and multiply that and build a family. That is God's that is God's call to all of mankind. It's not a specific calling. It's a call to the soul. If you're called to the priesthood of religious life, you're called out of that marital state to serve God in a very specific, singular way. That is a call out of God's general design. We'll, sorry, we'll pick this up on the other side of the break, dear ones. And again, feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. segment about small Catholic innovations that made a huge impact from the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation. Back when water was difficult to purify, beer was actually the standard drink because the fermentation process killed harmful bacteria. But it wasn't all that tasty and didn't last very long. This is where Catholics upped the ante with two major contributions. The first came from monasteries where monks needed heartier beers to get them through long periods of fasting. So they experimented with flavorings and techniques to make it more robust. The second contribution came from St. Hildegard von Bingen. She's the first person credited with using hops in beer to preserve it. And it didn't hurt that hops added great flavors, too. You can thank Catholic Innovation for beer. Learn more about what OSV Institute is doing to inspire and encourage Catholic innovation at osvinstitute.com. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. to Mother Miriam Live. And this is our last segment. We have a little over 10 minutes. Um, our lines are wide open. If you wish to call in toll-free, 
888-528-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have a call from Valerie from Virginia. Hi, Valerie. Hello, Mother. How are you? Hello. Well, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, too. <laughs> good, good, sweetheart. Go ahead. I haven't spoken with you in so long. I really just wanted to call and say hello, and I love you, and I miss you, and I love um, when I'm able to listen to your show because the the, the truth that you speak just speak to my heart. <laughs> The so, truths of God speak um, to all our hearts, Valerie, right? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Of course, honey. That is um, so much has been going on in my life. I've I've because uh, the my boss that I worked for died and um you know, but I was offered another job and that's been a blessing. And my son is planning on moving in with his um sister who would like to try and help him. Um, so so many things have been happening, but God is is so good, and He has just blessed me more than I deserve. And I'm just so grateful every single day for all the blessings of my life, even amidst all this turmoil. I I identify with you so much because when you say things, you know, um, like I'm that you're doing wonderful, and you know, and then you follow that with, well, how could you be doing wonderful? You know, with everything's going on and. I agree with you 100%. Good, I'm doing good. wonderful with everything good. going on. Yeah, what a wonderful so, call. Huh? What a wonderful call. A call a heart filled with love for God and trust and gratitude. It's truly wonderful, Valerie. And that's why God is blessing you. You're receiving his blessings. God blesses many people, but they don't know it. They don't receive it. Their heart is not open. So God has blessed you. Thanks so much, dear one, for your call. God bless you. Uh, well, God bless you and you are in my, my daily thoughts and prayers and, uh, and for everything that you are doing. And I just look forward to, I'm an oblate, so, um, you know, I just You're our oblate. I am. I yes, am, my and honey. Looking- and let me, let me, you're looking forward to when we ever communicate with you again. I know. I'll say to you, no, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with you. All our, all our oblates, since we're in Beloit, we actually got here at the end of last December. We expected to be here for two, three weeks. We've been here for uh, eight months so far. Um, we are going back to Tulsa at the end of this month, in a little over a week, to get all our things and move finally to Beloit. We have to go into storage because our house won't be ready yet for a couple of months. Um, so we have not yet put out a newsletter uh, re- regular newsletter, general, and then also to the oblates. And if you're listening, like Virginia, and you're an oblate, I have something very exciting for you in our next newsletter for oblates. And I'm going to try to put it with our general newsletter, so it's going to be a very fat newsletter. Um, but hopefully it'll come out um, this fall uh, in a month or so, and um, we'll continue from there to be up to date. Well, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yes, I, I, yes. I do have a question for you. As I was listening to um, yesterday's programming, um, someone called in about the Garib uh, had a, a email about yes. it or something. Mm-hmm. The question for you is: this this warning that they're saying is is that going to happen all at once, or is it possible that some people received it already? Well, it is possible that some people received it already. Uh, not it, the, in terms of the general warning that's coming on the world. But I know that God has worked in the lives of specific people 
to truly show them their souls and their past life and all of that. And they've had unbelievable conversions. I know people uh, with whom that's happened already. So God can do that individually. Um, but I think the warning is going to come upon the whole earth pretty much all at once in general. Okay, okay. I, I was thinking about that because I, I really believe that that's what he did in me. And Wow, that's a great question. Yes, and, and I really believe that because the, the, the knowledge of my sins, and I see I could cry right now, and the, and the sorrow that I feel... For them, I, it, I, I feel like Mary Magdalene at times where I could just cry all the time over my Blessed sins. be God. That's, and you take your sins away. God bless you. Yes. That's very, very wonderful. Very wonderful, um, Valerie. That's a great, great grace. It is. And, and obviously I didn't deserve it or anything, but I'm so grateful. That's why uh, um, you told me once I had a very grateful heart, and I believe that because every day, mm-hmm. for every little you do. thing that he, the tiniest of things, even when something bad happens, I'm so grateful because I'm able to find the good in it and God in everything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's beautiful, it's a, Valerie. I just love him. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. I, I For some reason, I believe you. God bless you, my dear one. God bless you. Thanks so much for your call. All right. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Thanks for calling in. And I'll mention to all of you, again, if you wish to receive our newsletter whenever we finally send it out this year, um, uh, just go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org, and um, click on newsletter over to the right. And right up top, you'll be able to subscribe, email, regular mail, or both. And um, uh, I've got two emails to be sending out, and we haven't done it. We just, there's so much going on here. Um, And we have retreats for women who are considering entering, and it's been nonstop, and I just have not gotten to things as I normally did in the past. But we will. We will catch up, and we're doing extremely well here, and all is going very well. So you're welcome to be on our mailing list. Uh, No cost, no anything, no obligation. And um, if you look, if you wish to become an oblate, an oblation is a gift of self. And um, an oblate is sort of a third order. Um, and you just adopt the religious order that you wish to be part of. So if you become an oblate of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, um, we've shortened our newsletter to call it Mary's Oblates. Um, all you need to do is go to Mary's Oblates. It's a link um, on our website. Uh, Mary's Oblates, and you, when you click on that, you can click on the application form. You can fill it out, mail it in to us, and you're an Oblate. There's no reason. You don't have to qualify. You just have to desire it. Fill out the form, and we will include you, and you begin immediately as a postulant. And then you go to a novitiate, and then final, uh, you take final vows and um, the religious name, and it's very, very beautiful. So go ahead to our website, and you can do all that. And I'll say for those of you who have mailed in the forms to be oblates and you haven't heard from us, uh, Mia Culpa, uh, forgive us. We just need some catching up to do. But we are with you, and we have everything you have mailed to us. Um, Okay. Uh, Let me just see now. Um, uh, Let me go back to the last email. 
uh, from uh, Henry, who said, Mother Miriam, at what point in church history was the differentiation made between priests and deacons? What made the church? Well, first of all, uh, the apostles became priests uh, at the Last Supper. It was the institution of the priesthood and the Blessed Sacrament. So the apostles became priests at the Last Supper. The first deacon was anointed uh, in Acts uh, with Stephen because he served everybody and he was made a deacon, St. Stephen. And so there's no differentiation, so to speak. A priest is a priest offering sacrifice to God. A deacon assists the priest in many of the responsibilities of caring for people. Um, And we'll continue this tomorrow, but what made the church come up with the idea of holy men who could still marry and have children? No such thing. Uh, Someone who, if you were a deacon prior to marriage, you could not marry. When you become a deacon, if you're married, fine, you need to remain in your state. If you are a widower, you need to remain in that state. If you are not married and you become a deacon, you need to remain in that state and not marry. We will continue with this tomorrow, beloved. God bless you. Speak with you tomorrow.